More than half of high-growth companies struggle with the sales development process. If you want your sales team to have more at-bats with decision-makers at target accounts, talk to Inside Sales Team, the sales development team experts at InsideSalesTeam.com. Hello, 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 everybody. This is David Delaney back at you with another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I have an awesome guest today. This is a man who is uh, doing big things for Docevo, uh, which I hopefully pronounced correctly. Mr. Rob Anderson, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, <laughs> David. Thanks for having me. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I looked at your background and a lot of the folks who listen to the show are their sales development reps or BDRs, ADRs, whatever you want to call them, or their managers or directors. And they love to hear from people who have moved up through the ranks and kind of know what it's like to sit in a seat and then run a team. So I thought you would be perfect for the show. So give us, you know, if, if people don't know Rob, um, give us a little bit of your background and how you got into uh, leading sales development teams. Yeah, definitely. I'll take it right away. So yeah, Rob Anderson, I'm working for Docebo right now as uh, their outbound BDR manager. But to backtrack a little bit, uh, I'm currently 25 and I went to the University of South Carolina, studied uh, for visual communications, so graphics and web coding, uh, et cetera. But I got interested in sales, one, because my dad was really a really great salesperson high up in General Mills. And I always thought, you know, I could probably replicate some of that success. But also I got involved with a uh, internship around junior year of college. Uh, I was outside B2B sales in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And if you're not too familiar with Columbia, South Carolina, it, in the summer, it's about 110 degrees and 100% humidity. So uh, I was selling advertising in all types of multimedia around town, uh, driving around in my car. And it was with Campus Special. Uh, they just got uh, acquired by Chegg a couple years ago. But it was definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I also realized that I was uh, actually really uh, really good at it, and I really like the challenge and the competition involved with sales. So I, uh, I, I scored really highly, uh, ranked really highly with um, that campus special program. And after I graduated, you know, I realized, hey, I mean, I think uh, the tech scene in SaaS is what I was trying to get into. So I looked around Atlanta, and, uh, you know, and SDR roles were all over the place. And I uh, took a job at a place called Achieve It, and I got to work with one of the best mentors uh, I know, Adam Chambliss. And I started there as an SDR, worked there for about three months as that job. And then I worked as what we called a BDR, funnily enough. But we uh, started a channel program from scratch to grow our existing customer base. So I did that for about four more months. And then I uh, was promoted to team lead for about four more months of that. And then I got an offer to come to Docebo to build out their outbound program from scratch, seeing that we had mainly done organic and inbound marketing to where we are today. So they needed a high growth potential individual who is going to come and scale that team aggressively for our global global team. So that's where I'm at today. And I've been there for about six months. Nice. What a challenge. What, what a great, great story, dude. I've got so many questions. So, the, the, <laughs> okay, dude, the this is a great position that you're in because you can bring in all your experience. But the first thing that I would ask is, as you were out there in the extreme heat, you know, oh going, selling, driving around, what, what do you think makes someone a good salesperson? And is a salesperson born or is it something that you could actually learn? Yeah, those are two great questions. You know, what makes a great salesperson, at least for me, it's always been, um, you know, I like winning. I, I kind of expect to win, but I hate losing more than anything. So going out there every day and just, you know, 
I'm challenging myself. I want to be my personal best each day. So seeing numbers out there, you know, being competitive, not liking to lose, but also getting to interact with a wide variety and diverse uh, population of people. Um, I just find it interesting. Each day was not the same. There are lots of challenges thrown at me and, you know, kind of that stagnant, uh, repeatable job is not somewhere where I think I would thrive or feel challenged. So I think someone who's willing to take each day with a challenge is, you know, competition-based, really interested in learning about a wide variety of topics and being able to, you know, use that and their people skills as well. So I think those are the things that make a good salesperson personally. But on the other hand, are they, are they born or are they made? You know, you do have people that kind of seem more naturally inclined to be a good salesperson. However, I think they are made over time because with all my experience. I bartended, I served everywhere from, you know, a low-level restaurant up to a five-star restaurant, driving around town in my black car in 110-degree weather. All of those things together, you know, put challenged me and made me who I am today that's excelling at sales. So I think, you know, you might be more inclined to be more outgoing or, you know, more interested in, a, I guess, not security of your job, but trying to challenge yourself. But I think over time, you know, you just kind of all these skills and experiences over your course of your career and your life kind of develop who you are today and how you use those things. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and one thing I think of when I think of that story is the word grit, you know, just yeah, being, yeah. being gritty, you know, and, and be, just being, being out there and, and taking the hits, even if it's like 110 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually like, I think it rained 75% of the time and it was down in like a bowl, like, like low elevation. So it was flooding downtown as well. So it was definitely, you needed grit for that job. Uh, it was, it was super challenging, but I would never take it back. And I think it's one of the biggest stepping stones of where I am today. Yeah. I mean, and, and one thing about sales is, is it, you know, I'm thinking if someone's thinking about, you know, applying to join your team, right? So if you've got some open positions or something like that, and you're putting a team together and they, they want to work for you and they're thinking about, am I right for this, for this role? It's like if you learn to be a good salesperson early in your career, you can use that for so many different, you know, jobs and aspects. I Absolutely. mean, even even running a company. I mean, you got to be selling constantly, right? Yeah, it, it, selling literally never stops. Even though I'm not on the front lines making as many calls as I used to be as an SDR, I mean, even just selling internally your ideas, you know, what you think might work for this kind of initiative, even still today, like, you know, going apartment hunting, all of that still works every day and the skills only get better. But learning sales early on in my career, I think was definitely one of the, the most important things I've done. Right, right. Because even if they if they apply to be on your team, they still have to sell you right in the in the meeting. Just, oh, absolutely. Just, just to be able to join. And now, okay, so say somebody, you know, they apply to your team, they get on the team, they're doing a great job. What would you look for in people to go from a, a rep to potentially like a team lead or a manager? Are, are there two or three things that you can think of? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think that there's definitely some misinterpretation with some sales organizations out there that think, okay, number one rep immediately go to team lead or manager. I think that's totally warped because, you know, it's not a bad thing, but your number one rep sometimes are a little more self-serving and they're more of a, you know, individual quota carrier. And sometimes you have to, you know, take a step back and wanting to help more people achieve their goals. So who I'd be looking for on my team is the kind of person who's a little selfless, who, you know, they're still hitting their goals, they're consistent, but they're going out of their way 
spending time that they don't have to, helping other newer reps train, coach, taking time out of their day, scheduling a one-on-one with them just to go over specific topics and tactics. Also, those who I give projects to and, you know, are accountable and actually execute upon those and bring me the results that we're looking for. So when you start getting really busy and you're scaling this team, I look to delegate to some people and, you know, you get a couple of chances, but if you're telling me you want to be a leader and I give you some opportunities to prove it and you don't come through, you know, that's a red flag for me. Now, I know you're still hitting your number, but you know, if that's, if you want to be in leadership, you kind of have to be able to juggle a lot of different tasks at once. So I think it would definitely boil down to selflessness serving the team beyond yourself and kind of ability to see the big picture and execute. I love that. I love that. I mean, the main bedrock is you got to keep delivering on your main job, right? <laughs> right. That's why everybody's here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, you, you know, you can tell as, as a leader, you know, being able to hand off a project and have personal accountability on the person's part where they keep you informed and they execute and then bring you back the results, man, that feels so good to have somebody like that on your team, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I, mean, I want you to succeed. Trust me, I do. Like, uh, I don't need you to like have to come up with the entire idea yourself, but like, just give me some visibility, some cum- communication. Show me these like little skills that build up to being a leader early on, and then I can help develop you to be where you want to go. If you don't want to be an account executive and you're looking more for that management route, show me that early on, and then let's prove it together. Right. And you don't necessarily have to have the title. I mean, it's, it's like no, a cliche, right? Not. Yeah. Lead, right. lead without the title. Uh, exactly. And I think that's lead. one of the things, uh, that's one of the things I did early on to achieve it was just, I took on that accountability without anyone asking me to, because it was my natural inclination to want to, you know, help other people be successful. That's why I'm in the role today. And that shines through. I'm not getting comped anymore. I don't have a title for it. I'm actually taking away time from me selling. Yeah. I'm still hitting my number. I mean, that, that shows a lot in a person. Exactly, exactly. And it's also like on the sales side, it's really hard to go out and be like, okay, I'm going to try to go out and help as many people as I can. Or if you're an SDR, like I'm going to call and try to help people because you're, you're stuck in your own, you know, goal that you're trying to hit. But if you can have that mentality of, I'm not calling to like sell you anything, I'm calling to actually help you to achieve your goal, you can then become more successful, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. How can I help you achieve results that you didn't think were possible? I'm not interrupting your day. I'm trying to help you, you know, achieve these things that you just thought like was a cold call, but I've actually done this for other people. Let me show you how I can help you do that. Okay. So that, that's actually a good segue. So let's, let's talk about Docebo. What, sure. you, what you guys do. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got okay, it right cool. that time. Yes. Awesome. What do you guys do? How do you help customers? And then as you're looking at, at your strategy for setting up the sales development program, how are you setting that up, you know, specifically to help those customers? Uh, that's a great question. So Docebo, we, uh, we offer a LMS or a learning management solution. I and mean, we get asked all day long, you know, there's around 700 to 1,000 LMS out there. What makes you guys different? What's your differentiator? So what we do is we offer you know, a learning management system. It's like an engine to deliver your training and education to your customers, your partners, your internal employees. So you can have internal and external. But what we do to differentiate ourselves is we go beyond just formal training. Training is not a one-time event. So we also offer the informal and social piece 
within our platform. And no one else is really doing that right now. So we found that 70% of learning is done experientially or on the job, 20% is done informally. So once we add those two pieces in there, we give the leaders the full picture of what their learners are actually doing. So getting them to go in on their own, create their own content, create knowledge assets. So it's a peer-to-peer -peer knowledge transfer. So I'm, I'm uploading my own videos. I'm uploading my own demos, discovery calls, knowledge assets. So that's what we're doing today. And uh, we work really well with high growth, high tech companies with the uh, challenging landscape and the complex products, retail with a high turnover. But we can really work with any type of industry because everyone needs to keep learning and training. So it makes it, uh, makes it easy for us to grow across those uh, industries. And with Docebo, setting up the sales development team, you know, I started back in January and the most challenging thing was, okay, here we are to date with over 1,400 customers all through organic inbound marketing. So we have some really big names and it was really, really exciting. But for me as a sales development leader, I came in with literally zero data on anything besides inbound. So I had to take, you know, benchmarks, what I've talked to other sales development leaders for conversion rates, pipeline, how to build out, you know, what qualification looks like, the personas, everything like that. So it was really hard to build out a model that was scalable and predictable from day one. So it was definitely some trial and error there. So I started out as a team lead there and very quickly found that I mean, building and scaling a team and hiring and building out the models as well as trying to make all the calls myself, it was just never going to happen. So I focused 100% on, you know, first building out the playbook, the processes, the scalable aspects of it. Then I focused really specifically on hiring. So I had one rep there already when I came on, but then I was looking for, you know, two more reps to help me kind of validate the model I built. So, you know, spent the time looking for people, hiring all on my own, you know, interviewing people. And I, got, I found two really solid reps. And, you know, I wanted it to be where by the time I start scaling this team, what my three reps are doing right now is the status quo. So I got people who were, had shown, you know, past success in other roles. It might not necessarily have been sales development, but they've shown past success and, you know, use sales in their job. So when the new reps come in, they see them picking up the phone, they see them engaged, they see them excited about what they're doing. So it's just no different when the new reps come in. So now here we are. And, uh, I just hired four new reps. Actually, they started, uh, this past Monday. So it has been quite the week so far, but we're up to seven reps right now. I've got two interns as well, who I, uh, made an internship program for, and they're working to on our event strategy. So I've got around nine people underneath me right now in a little under six months. So it's been um, definitely fast and furious. But um, the things that I've been focusing on right now is, okay, how do I make a training program really great for my reps? You know, I do it in a two-week period, and I work on kind of hyper-focused sessions and then reinforcing those sessions with exercises later on in that day and throughout the week. And we build in certifications throughout that as well. So looking at client stories, successful ROI, really digging into personas and the buyers because it really doesn't matter what Docebo does until we put ourselves in our customers or prospects shoes. So I really don't even teach them much about the platform until I'm like a month in because I want them to not be you know, talking features on the phone. I want them to be talking about 
what can I help you guys achieve? What do I know about your role? What are the pains involved with your role? So we do that from the start, and it's been very successful so far. Wow. Okay. That is a lot, man. We need to unpack that a little bit. That was, yeah, for sure. <laughs> dude, you, you you're a busy, talking. you're a busy man. You, you, uh, you ever take a break? No, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I think that's why, uh, I don't, I don't, don't really leave work until seven and I'm, uh, my brain nearly never shuts off, but yeah, I am a quite a busy man right now. Nice. Inside Sales Team fully integrates with clients. CEO of Discover Org, Henry Shutt, partnered with us, and we've generated over $25 million in new business revenue. They are firing on every best practice for running a sales development team. Learn more at InsideSalesTeam.com. Nice. That's amazing. Okay, so I got a few questions on that. One is yeah. they, they scaled up to 1,400 customers on inbound know, right? and, and stuff like that. Tell me about that story. What what uh, what what were they doing, and how did they get so many people in the pipeline? Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? When I heard that, that was one of the first things that made my jaw drop when I wanted to come to Docebo. I was like, that opportunity right there alone is worth it in itself. So it's an, actually a really an awesome story. Um, we've been around for a while now, but we only came to North America about two years ago, and we started with around five people in an office that was the size of a closet, and we have basically accounting now for 80% of the revenue of all of the Chebo, and we've doubled every year. And now we're moving into a 10,000 square foot office uh, in less than two, two years. So, you know, we have a really strong marketing team, but I think where it comes down to is just we're offering something that's different in the market that people need and they actually see results from because the status quo with the LMS is out there right now. It, it's broken. You know, formal training is just not enough. And what we did was two years ago, uh, we made the push towards this kind of social and informal learning and everyone else was kind of focusing on performance reviews. We tried to innovate and go ahead of that and people are all, all the other companies or competitors are trying to catch up right now. So I think it's just a different differentiation in the offering we have. Yeah, man, I mean, that, that's so amazing. A lot of times on that that big growth curve, it's the product and, and the, the, uh, the, you know, being ahead of the curve like that and just trying to grab as much as you can in the shortest amount right. of time and, and then great marketing. I mean, you're not going to get, yeah, absolutely. People, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then, so you come in and then the other thing that you said that's interesting is 700 LMSs. Was that right? Yeah. Okay. Tell yeah, me about it, that. Probably I mean, even that's more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So 700 LMSs out there. So, there's different niches of LMSs, right? So you have like a Blackboard, for example, with like learning and like higher education for like students. Then you have like a corporate like LMS. So that's where we would fall in. And you just have like niche ones for quick serve restaurants and lawyers. So there's all these different little niche ones, but there's only about 10 at the, uh, the top that are like your big name leaders. So we don't have to understand 700 different competitors. That would make my life impossible. But you do have to understand probably what you offer, what makes you different, and then where you're trying to play. So we're not trying to be something for everyone, but we know where we play. So we have to understand the competitors in our space that are relevant. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so you've got your, your program set up. You're starting to talk to people. I love how you start the training with the buyer stories and the personas and trying to figure out their pain points. That's right on. And now SDR gets on the phone, starts talking to people, and they immediately say, we already have an LMS or we've got one of <laughs> exactly. 700 other things. What's right. your what's your response to that with 700 things? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's it's actually a, a benefit for me as an SDR leader uh, over at Dechebo when I basically know there's basically two responses I'm going to get. Yes, I have one or no, I don't. If you don't, awesome. If you do, I'm curious as to which one you guys are using. And we focus really heavily on our competition and what makes us different. And, you know, not everyone's going to be in a buying window. So I think it was something I read. It was like 80% of people are not going to be in a buying window when you reach out to them and 20% are. So most part, people are in contracts. So we're trying to figure out when you guys are renewing, you know, then I'm going to reach out three, four months in advance of that to get you the best information you need to then make the best decision for your company. But we don't stop there. I mean, if someone has an LMS, does it check all the boxes for you? Are you guys able to do social learning? Are you guys educating that only internally? How about externally? How are you educating your customers? How are you educating your partners? So we have a lot of avenues to go once we hear which LMS they have. And luckily for us, most people really don't like what they have. So they're mm -hmm. willing to listen. Okay. All right. Excellent. So at first, it's kind of a fact-finding mission, you know, to exactly. get in there because 99% of them may already have something or, or some right. percentage already have something. So then you got to figure out how they're doing with it. Okay. So the next thing is um, your internship program. Tell me about that. How, how, what, what does that entail? Yeah, it's great. So when I came in, we had one intern there and we we're located at the in Athens, Georgia, like downtown, right at the University of Georgia. So it's great for talent and great for, you know, young young people to come in and work at a tech company. There is no other company like Docebo in Athens, Georgia at all. Like we're like basically the only tech company there. So if someone's interested in working in tech, they're going to come to Docebo if they're interested in staying in Athens. So I came in and I, there was one intern there working. He was kind of helping with list building, you know, account research. And then we got uh, Zoom info and it basically replaced his job. And, you know, I was looking there at him and was like, man, there's got to be something better for you. I'm work on training you just like a BDR would be. So I got him and then I went to a career fair and um, ran there on a whim. It was the last spot, and uh, I got another intern as well. So they're a junior and senior in college, and we offer a paid internship. So it definitely, uh, de people were definitely interested in that as well as working with a, you know, a SaaS company. But we have what we call global roadshows. So we have events, then we have our trade shows, then we have our first user conference as well coming up this September um, in Boston. And what I did with them was train them in the exact same way I trained my BDRs but to generate interest to go to our different types of events. So they're using outreach, they're using Zoom info, they're using our CRM, they're using the same stories. They're basically doing the exact same job and just a different focus. Nice, okay, that's, that's really interesting. And um, so they're kind of your mini uh, you know, BDR bench, bench strength, and then could you potentially bring them on <laughs> exactly. board if they stick around? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, both of them have already shown a, a very, good passion and interest in working with us after they finish. So it's great for me to have someone who's been working with us for a year and a half and then come onto the BDR role. The ramp's going to be basically non-existent. So right now we have two, but I, I would like to grow that to more, you know, get the young talent early and get them excited about tech and SaaS and sales and develop them from, you know, the point where I was developed in that uh, internship, just in a different light. You know, it's amazing, you know, being based in Athens, Georgia, you know, you're, you're one of the only uh, tech companies in town or one of the bigger ones. Um, what's that like to be 
because out in San Francisco, it seems like, um, you know, there's there's so many different choices for BDR candidates that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it almost it, it's a very competitive market, actually, to recruit people. Do you find it's different out there? Yeah, it's got its like pros and its cons. We're an hour away from Atlanta, Georgia. So that is a developing tech hub, as most people know. So one thing is, you know, for talent for me, it's pretty hard to poach any talent or look at other SDRs already because there's no other SDRs really in town. So we're trying to find people at the university who are interested in staying in Athens and didn't know this kind of opportunity actually existed here. So we're trying to build something here that's bigger than us and try to be kind of uh, one of the top employers in Athens and bring more jobs that people didn't know existed here. So it's challenging because I don't have much talent to pull from that knows about us, but that just creates, you know, uh, a challenge and you have to look at more creative ways. So I've been really successful in um, one with the university this past May. There was a lot of applicants, uh, worked with the Career Center to help, you know, leverage that relationship. But also looking at different industries, not just people who have been SDRs or worked in you know, te- tech sales before, but in, in recruiting and technical recruiting and um, kind of other industries like that where you can have past measures of success. And it's also a challenging job. And then tell them what we have to offer here. And they're really excited to come on. So we've had a lot of success like that. It just it challenges you to be a little bit more creative and think outside the box. And why did they? Why did they pick Athens, Georgia? Did they have a connection <laughs> there? I mean, I'm just curious. Um, I know it's 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 a great place, but um, of all the places, why why Athens? Well, at Docebo, we just do things differently. I um, mean, <laughs> we want to build something here, build something that's just we we just like to innovate and do things differently. But also, you know, you have the talent uh, pool of Ath- of the University of Georgia. You have the low cost of living associated with the college town and scaling here versus you know in Atlanta. So those two things are, are really huge, but our, uh, we have uh, our CEO and CRO are Italian, and our CRO had come over and worked for another um, e-learning company, and he moved from Milan and then went to basically, I think it was Duluth, Georgia. So it was like a night and day difference, and he was not happy. And uh, he visited Athens, and it reminded him a lot of Milan um, with the bistro tables, like the energy, the vibrancy. And he moved uh, Docebo to Athens a week later. So that's another big part of it as well. <laughs> nice. Okay. Very good. Well, it sounds like a terrific place. And, and um, you know, as you, as you look over, you know, your last few years and putting this all together and, and getting everything going at Docebo, are there two or three things that you could give SDR managers or directors a bit of advice to say like, hey, don't do this. This is something that I, if I could go back, I wouldn't have done it again. Anything come to mind? Sure. I've, I've made plenty of mistakes, um, <laughs> you know, but it's trial and error. I mean, I definitely look at situational leadership very highly, um, not trying to manage everyone the same and not trying to manage someone like I would like to be managed back when I was an SDR. So really putting yourself in your own uh, employee's shoes and understanding how they tick. What kind of professional goals are you guys trying to attain on day one? So then I can really understand you and form my management style towards you as an individual. So I think that's one thing. It's not one size fits all in management. 
Number two is, uh, I think definitely is, you know, lead by example, roll up your sleeves and get out there. Don't sit behind your computer and hit F5 and hope the dashboards just start showing results. So, you know, I've, I've had people like that in the past and uh, it, it's not a good look. So I think if you get out there with your team and, you know, really show them how it's done and also the challenges and you've been there before, that that's really huge as well. And then I think, you know, it goes back to, Adopting the right mindset from day one as well, getting getting buy-in from your employees and always starting with why. Always start with why. I over-explain things to my team in every capacity just so they understand why I'm thinking this way. Why am I telling you to do something? It's not because I'm just sitting back here and I'm the manager. I've been here before, and this is exactly why we need to do something this way. And I'll show you the results that prove it. So starting with why is also a massive thing for me. I love that, man. So just to recap, so don't don't manage everybody the same. Everybody's right, and 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 that's easy to do, especially if you have a bigger team. You're just like, you know, it becomes harder to be more <laughs> right. individualistic. Lead from mm-hmm. the front, get in there, make the call, you know, do the job, like show them that you mm-hmm. can do it still. And you're not, <laughs> right. you're, not a, you're not a dashboard, well, you're not washed up. dashboard <laughs> manager. Yeah, I know. Right. And that's that's tough, too, because you got a lot of uh, reporting that oh, you got to do. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. And and then find their why, you know, figure out because they're they're thinking, why, 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 why do we have to do this? So you're trying to get ahead of that, right? Exactly. Like before they even question it, it's like the best objection handlers don't even handle objections. They're just proactively doing it. So before my team even questions something I say, I'm going to explain why. And they might get annoyed with it sometimes, but most of the time they're pretty thankful for it. They're like, okay, Rob, we got it. it. We got it. Here comes the why now. (laughs) Awesome. Rob, well, tell me this. What, What are you working on now? What's your big push? You got your conference coming up. Tell us about that and what else you're working on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a lot on my plate. Like you said, uh, you have a lot of uh, things to do when you're an SDR manager. I didn't even realize uh, how many different things could actually fall on my plate. But right now we're working on scaling the team. We've got seven right now. I'm looking to hire three more in September. Uh, we actually just did quarter two. We did $2 million in pipeline with three reps and two of them were brand new. So pretty excited about that and hopefully we can keep scaling up with those numbers but looking to hire and retain the best talent moving forward putting my certification program in place from uh, four levels to get my employees to you know account executive role giving them full visibility and transparency into that and then third would probably be uh, really working to get people at our uh, first ever user conference in Boston in September. That's uh, it's a humongous endeavor. So uh, we're working on every possible strategic angle. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I want to talk to you more about that because I've got one coming up in September too. Man, so. it's tough. <laughs> it's going to be good. Well, dude, this has been amazing. I think anybody from a brand new SDR intern to, you know, CEO running a company got a ton of value. So Rob, thank you very much for being on the show today, and uh, good luck crushing it um, this summer and fall. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You know, everyone should definitely go attend your uh, sales development conference in September. I'm trying to convince my boss how to go there. And if anyone's interested in coming to the Chabo Inspire in September, please message me. We've got some good rates. But um, just nice. remember why you started, everyone, and uh, good luck. Yeah, thanks a lot. And and last quick plug is those three spots on your team, man. If you're in Athens or anywhere, anywhere. Come yeah, talk anywhere, to me. come and talk to Rob because I I think working for somebody like you would be an amazing experience for anybody in their career. So I'm hiring David. You know, we got applications. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, you have a good day. 
You too, man. Thank you so much.